0: I love that. Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas. Christmas is a story about God building a house, building a house in our hearts. And we often think, oh, maybe I have a small remodel project to do. And God looks and he says, no, there's a complete renovation. Christmas started with someone leaving their house. Jesus Christ, God's one and only son, left his house in heaven. He came to this earth, born in Bethlehem, laid in a manger because there's no room for him in the end. And it's the wonder of Christmas behind God coming here to make his home among us. few words in the English language evoke as much emotion as the word home. If you were to use that particular word home to somebody who was neglected or abused by their parents, you would hear a lot of pain come from their heart. If you were to use the word home with someone who still was single after many years of wanting to be married and have kids and it hasn't worked out yet, you might hear a conversation around dashed dreams. Say the word home right now to any of the 13 million Syrian refugees who've been displaced from their homes and be ready for sobs and tears, and understandably so, especially this time of year. So let's make sure and keep praying for peace. However, say the word home to someone who has pretty highly functioning parents and reasonably sane siblings and get ready for a discussion around memories, of their childhood or their past that's fun and, and great memories. And if you come from that type of a home and you have those great memories, thank God for those things, would you? The truth is, despite the health of your home or your upbringing, within every single one of us, we have hardwired this understanding of what home could be or maybe what it should be. Because there's something within us, the way God made us, that we know that there's something more than maybe what most all of us experience. Home where you experience a deep sense of belonging and of rootedness, of safety and protection from this world. Home where you're loved irrationally and you're accepted unconditionally, and you're forgiven completely when wrongs are confessed and admitted. Home where you know for certain people are for you, not against you, no matter what the circumstances in life. And those are powerful human yearnings within every single one of us, and they exist for all of us. But even the best families are messy, even the best homes sometimes experience brokenness, I know for me, when I was a kid, it caught me completely off guard when my parents' marriage spun out of control and where our home basically was broken up and any amount of peace or unity that we experienced when I was 11, it was kind of out the window and never fully restored. And as an adult, Tis and I, both coming from those kinds of homes, uh, we... Worked very hard to try and make our home different. And a lot of you understand that where you go, I, I want to take the good things that were from my past and, and then I want to add a lot of new things, you know. And hopefully, hopefully my home or the home that we raise our kids in will be a little better than the one we experienced. And yet we still have brokenness and we still have some mess and we still have things that we are asking God to heal within the context of our own home. What I wanna talk about just for a few moments tonight is this idea of home that exists within our heart, some of which we can experience here on this earth and some that we'll need to wait for heaven when all things are made right, when Jesus returns. We talked about Advent being that time, the season leading up to Christmas, we've lit lit, Litten? That's not actually a word, is it? We've lit four different candles, those white candles around that wreath, one for each Sunday leading up to Christmas, anticipating the coming of Christ at Christmas. But there's also a second coming of Christ when He returns to this earth to gather those that belong to Him, that are part of His home. And I want to read this passage from the book of Revelation, the very last book of the New Testament of the Bible. And it's a vision given to John, who was being persecuted for his faith. And during this time of waiting in his old age, God gave him this vision of heaven. He said this, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the first heaven and earth had disappeared and the sea was gone. Then I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, dressed like a bride, ready for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, God lives with humans. God will make his home with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There won't be any more death. There won't be any grief, crying, or pain because the first things have disappeared. That's what we have to look forward to. That's the kind of home that your heart was made for. A home in which God lives there. Now, I don't know if you heard, but in that passage of things to come, there was also... Something that sounded very much like what happened at Christmas. The very first Christmas, when Jesus left his home in heaven and came to this earth. Let me read it again. God lives with humans. God will make his home with them. and They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. The good news of the gospel The good news of Christmas, the reason we gather, the reason we celebrate is that God is with us. He came to us in the form of a human baby and he lived among us in our mess. And he comes close and he says, I want to build my home in your heart and I want you to come home to me. One of the fundamental truths of life is you belong to God. You were designed to live with Him forever in a relationship. I remember when I was in college in Flagstaff, Arizona, that was uh, where I was a forestry major. I thought I wanted to kind of just live out in the woods, maybe up in a fire tower, away from people. God had something different for me. (laughs) And I was there five hours away from my hometown, which was in Tucson, Arizona. And I, I was one of those kids happy to be away from home, happy to be away from my parents, right? And uh, some of you are, understand that feeling. And, and, and so college was a great experience, but around Christmas, something within me like a home homing device, I'd wanna go home. I'd wanna spend time back in Tucson, make the five-hour drive, hang out, maybe in what would erupt as a broken environment, a messy environment one that didn't meet all my expectations, but I, I wanted to be there. I mean, there was free food, that's always good. But even more than that, there was, there was love, and there was people who loved me and, was, and, and were committed to me, and there was always the, the hope that there would be something that would happen during that time together as family. You see, it doesn't matter how broken your family is. There's just something in us that keeps wanting it to be good. And so we return over and over again. And yet when we come home to God, this idea of coming home to God is something beyond, something better, something that we can't produce within ourselves. That God says, when you come home to me, this is what I'm going to do in the context of the home I'm building in your life, in your heart. When you come home to God, you you can expect to receive his peace and his strength. Peace and strength, things that we can't automatically manufacture within ourselves. Peace when things get chaotic in life and strength when you feel like giving up. When you feel like you don't have the energy to go on. And if there's ever been a year where we've needed peace and strength, it's this past year, right? Right? 2016, crazy year, glad to be done with it, ready to head into 2017. I mean, I don't know what exists out there, but you think about the political landscape, you think about the fact that every week you hear about a new, a new terrorist event, some new scandal is unveiled, some new financial or environmental stress emerges. We live in uncertain times, and my question is, where are you going to find peace in the midst of your chaos? Where are you going to find strength when everything within you is just so tired and ready to give up? I mean, you have options. There's pills, a drink, a joint, a sexual encounter. But we know that those things are just counterfeit. Those things just lead to destruction. They don't really help us in the long run. Jesus said, I have a gift for you. I have a gift for you. And I hope every single person within uh, this family gathering this afternoon experiences the the beauty and kind of the, the fun of getting a gift from somebody. Listen to the gift that Jesus promised in John chapter 14. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. It's a one of a kind gift. Nobody else can give you this gift. So don't be troubled or afraid. What a great gift that is. As we look forward into 2017 and into an unknown future, Jesus said, I want to give you my peace. It's a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that you can have in the midst of troubled times, in the midst of chaos. It's a peace that doesn't depend upon your emotions. And he says, not only that, but I'm going to give you strength. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew's gospel. He said, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens, meaning stresses, come to me. And I'll give you rest for your soul. And I, I love that because there's something about that that you wouldn't anticipate God saying, Come to me and I'll give you this. You would think God would say, Come to me and I'll give you some rules. Come to me and I'll, I'll give you a life that's predictable and, and regulated. Come to me and I'll give you religion. And he didn't say any of those things. He said, Come to me, bring your burdens, and I'll give you rest. A rest for your soul. A rest that doesn't depend on everybody liking you, keeping everybody happy, posturing yourself at work, saying, I just want to give you a rest that's deep within you and a peace that passes all understanding. And that only happens as we enter into a relationship with Him. It only happens when we say, God, make your home in my heart. Set up shop. Reconstruct. Do whatever is needed in me. The Bible says that he, God, gives power to those who are tired and worn out and he offers strength to the weak. I love this next verse. God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come. We were never meant to live on our own power, to live by just our own strength, our own ingenuity, our own willpower. Sure, those things have a place, but if you try and live off of that as your mainstay, you are going to grow weary and you're going to want to give up. And I know that there are probably people here tonight thinking about giving up, giving up on your marriage, perhaps. Maybe you're thinking, you know, we're going to get it through Christmas. And when Christmas is done and we kind of get out of this holiday season with all these heightened expectations, I'm going to throw in the towel on my marriage. Or maybe you're wanting to give up on your health or give up on a career or on that wayward kid, or perhaps give up on getting out of an addiction that has plagued you throughout this past year, and you you just can't break it, and you can't get out of it. What are you going to do? See, God brought you here today for a reason. It's no accident that you're sitting here, that God brought you here to say this to you, don't give up don't give up look up look to god invite god into your life and let him build a house in your heart in a way that you could never build for yourself let him lead you to a better place the second thing that happens when we come to god and come home to his come home to his peace and his strength is he also gives us his hope and his joy hope in situations that seem hopeless and joy when there's no reason to have it. Paul's prayer for the Roman church, he said this, May God, the source of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. Where do we get our hope? From God. He's the source. And it says that we have peace, we have joy as we trust Him. I know, I, I know for me that when I start to lack peace and joy in my life, it's often because I've quit trusting him in some area. I've taken back control and, and, and I've thought, you know, maybe if I just stress or worry or, or try and figure out a problem and then maybe things will work out. And when I take control and quit trusting, I begin to lose that sense of peace and joy that God wants. What, what are you holding on to trying to make happen? What relationship are you trying to make happen? God says, trust me. Trust me. I'm the source of your hope, and I'll bring great joy into your life. If you look at your own family and you think as important as families are, if you think that your family or your home is going to meet every need in your life, you're, you're going to be so disappointed because there's something within the human heart that only God can fulfill. No marriage can do it, kids can't do it, grandkids can't do it, nobody can do it but God. And so he says, I wanna fill your life. I wanna build something in you. Let me be really clear about this. Um, I'm not inviting you to come home to religion. I'm not inviting you even to come home to a church. I'm inviting you to come home to God, the one who made you, to accept and receive his son, Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Will you do that today? One last thing I just want to bring up is we're talking about this home, this home that God is building for us. There's that home that is in heaven that's permanent, that home that is perfect, that home that is secure, that one that Jesus said he's preparing a place for you. And that home I long for because that's where everything will be made right. But on this side of eternity, there's still a part of that that we can experience as Jesus Christ lives in the center of our lives. the last idea is this, that when you come home to God, you come home to his love and his forgiveness. This is the very heart of Christmas, God's love, unconditional love for you, and forgiveness that he provided through the cross. God says, I love you, and I want to forgive you. And I know maybe some of us here are thinking, no, you just don't know my life, Mike. If you knew my life, you knew the things I've done, how long I've been gone from God, the people that I've done them with, how long. And and yet God says, I don't care about that. I want to forgive you and I want you to know me. I don't care who you are, what you've done or how long you've done it. God says, I still love you and I want to forgive you today. When I was uh, tenth, in 10th grade in high school, I think I alluded to the fact that I had kind of a lot of problems uh, in our home. It was kind of out of control and broken. My life was out of control and broken. I was uh, living a very addicted lifestyle. And uh, in 10th grade, my dad still loved me even though he knew I was in, in all these problems and troubles and kind of running from, from bad stuff and addicted to things. And one night I just decided I'm going to sneak out. You know, I, it's one in the morning. I want to go hang out with my buddy. We're going to go. I lived in Tucson, Arizona, so there was a lot of desert. And the, here we have woods. There they have desert. And so uh, I got up. I snuck out of my window, went over to my friend Charlie's house, got him. We went into the desert, and we did what addicted people do. You can imagine, right? Getting drunk, getting wasted, all of that. Smoking weed. And we're just out there just kind of being idiots. We're out there doing what an addicted 10th grader would do. And we're building this fire and we're partying. And pretty soon we hear this voice as we're laughing and we're cutting up and we hear this, this call and we weren't sure what it was. Mike me. We're like, what was that? I don't know. We'd stop for a minute and then we'd go back to what we were doing and it would come closer. Mike Mead, come home. And pretty soon, my friend said, "I think that's your name. I think that's your dad." And I'm like, "No!" My dad had wandered out in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., in our neighborhood, calling my name, "Mike, Mead, come home." We freaked out. We started running, 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 running as far away from that voice as we could get, because I didn't want to get busted and all of that. And And so we run about a mile and a half away and pretty soon we're totally out of breath, ready to vomit. And my friend says, Mike, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, I I don't know. It's like three in the morning now. I don't wanna sleep out in the desert. I hate snakes. I wanna go home. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I thought I'll just go home and I'll sneak in back through my window that was open. And so I go back home, it's about 3.30 in the morning. I go to my window at the back of the house, it's locked. I look every other window, every other door, locked, 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 front door open, little light on, dad sitting in a chair, reading the paper, smoking his pipe, and I was outside and I'm just thinking, I don't want to go in that front door, it's terrifying what's going to happen but I ended up going in the front door, tail between my legs, and my dad looks up and he says, son, I'm glad you're home. Go to bed. Some of you have been running from God for a long time, and he's been calling your name. He's been calling your name, but he'll never strong arm you to come home to him. He's not gonna violate your will. He invites you to come home to Him. And He's not there to condemn you and rub it in. He's there to rub it out. And that's why He sent His Son Jesus to forgive you. That all of the penalty of our sins were placed on Jesus at the cross so that we could be forgiven. And there's a door that you gotta walk through And there's a name to that door. His name is Jesus. John chapter 10 tells us that Jesus is the door. There are no other doors. There are no other windows. He said, come to me. Come to me and I'll give you life. Come to me and I'll bring forgiveness to you. Come to me. God showed how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world. That's what Christmas is about that we can have eternal life through him. This is real love. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The reason why you know that God loves you and why you know is that Jesus didn't just come to this earth and set up this great manger scene and be born and laid in a cradle. Jesus went to a brutal cross And he laid his very life down for you and for me. That we might come home to God and know him. Know him now and know him into all eternity. So I want to pray for us right now and invite you to just open your heart to God. Allow him in. Say, yes, Lord, I'm coming home to you today. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? Right now, God is ready to welcome you. Today, He is ready to save you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, doesn't matter if you're a religious person or an irreligious person, whether you view yourself as a Catholic or a Protestant or a Jew or Buddhist or no religion at all. See, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship with God where you come home to Him And you allow him to forgive you and begin to build something into your life that you cannot build on your own. So Lord, we just pray, would you come in and make your home in each of our hearts? Lord, we need need peace in these troubled times. We need your peace, the gift of your peace. God, we need hope. In these days where we look ahead and not sure what's there, and yet, Lord, you provide hope. You're the source of our hope. God, we thank you for those things and what it means to be in a relationship with you. There are some here today that you know God's been speaking to you. And God is calling to you and he's inviting you home and he's calling you by name and will you come and walk through that door and just open your heart to his son, Jesus Christ and say, come Lord, come live in me, forgive me. Would you pray that with me right now? Lord, I bring my life before you and I'm just asking that you come into me, come into my life, forgive me cleanse me Lord I put all of my faith and trust in you Jesus you're that door into that home that my heart longs for some of which is right now and some of which I get to look forward to in heaven so I'm saying yes to you Jesus yes yes to the offer of your love your forgiveness just in this quiet moment before God, if that was your prayer, would you just lift your hand up, just signifying that? Just say, yes, Lord, I, I'm, I prayed that prayer. I'm coming home to you today. Good, good, good. Yep, I see your hand. Yeah. Sometimes it just helps, a physical response to something going on in the heart. Anyone else? Yep, yeah, good for you. Yeah. Yes, Lord, we just say yes to you. Say yes to your love, God. God, I thank you for each of these, God, that came here today and you surprised them with your grace and your love and you're calling them home and you're calling them by name and you have a purpose and a plan for them and I pray, God, that you fill them with hope, fill them with joy, fill them, Lord, with new strength, fill them with your peace. Lord, put within them things they can't do for themselves. And Lord, draw them to yourself and bring about your best purposes in their life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If that was your prayer today, um, I want to encourage you to get a Bible and begin to read it. Start in the New Testament, perhaps. Maybe even the book of Luke or Matthew. and we have, have one of these for you, a Bible, a free Bible. If you need one, make sure and pick it up out at the information counter because it will help you grow in your relationship with God. When you came in, you received a candle and I want to ask you to pull that out right now. We're going to light these together and I'm going to light mine from this center candle which we've been waiting to light until Christmas and the center candle, the big red candle, represents Christ and it represents his light, the very light of Christ in our lives. And we wait to light that because it's that celebration that Jesus has come. He came at Christmas and he's come today to meet with us, to invite us into relationship. And whether you've walked with him for a very long time or whether it's brand new to you tonight, he gives you his light and he gives you his life. And he says, now I want you to give that away to other people. And that's the call that we have this Christmas and moving into this new year is to experience that light, experience that life, and then to give it away intentionally to someone else. Come on up and let's, let's start this and... Aha, we already got it going over here. They're beating you. Just offer your lit candle to somebody whose candle needs to be lit. Let's sing this song. Just look around and see what a little light shared can do to a dark room. And what can our lives do in a dark world as we make that intentional decision to say, I'm gonna not just live for myself, but I'm gonna live for God and I'm gonna pass his light on to others that need it. I'm gonna speak words of hope, words of healing, words of grace I'm going to serve I'm going to love I'm going to care I'm going to pray in this upcoming year Lord that's our heart we thank you God for what you have done in us Lord we are so grateful so thankful so privileged God to have you living in us that we are a living tabernacle that you have set up your home in our hearts and you live through us It's miraculous. It's amazing. And today, Christmas 2016, Jesus, I worship you. Would that be your declaration? I worship you, Jesus. I live for you. Thank you, God. We pray in your name. Amen. When you're ready, be careful about the hot wax in your neighbor in front of you. (laughs) You You can blow out your candle. I wanna wish you a very Merry Christmas.